Welcome, Welcome to CineQuest Video. Hello and welcome to CineQuest Video, the podcast that delves deep into those VHS classics to the modern day format and beyond. Here we are again. Yes. Um, we're back with the Criterion crew tackling the movie Don't Look Now. These guys do not fuck around. They just knock no. this shit down. Yeah, they're really going forward on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, really an exploration of uh, Donald Sutherland mm. like traversing. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, the sexier of the Sutherlands. Well, there's also Kiefer, so... Sexier of the Sutherland. Well, really standing by that point. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, the Criterion crew is tackling Don't Look Now. And again, for us for us, normal or regular right, our, uh, CineQuest groups, yeah, we are uninformed, uneducated. Of the highbrow. Almost, you could say we hate film if we're not going to go down this road. Right, sure, why not? And uh, we don't have the... Their artistic merit. The wherewithal. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the intellectual fortitude. Mm. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so, um, I hope you enjoy this uh, Criterion episode of CineQuest Video. Have With your host, Adanya. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Good boy. Welcome to another episode of CineQuest Video's special Criterion Collection. I am your hostess with the mostess, Idania, and here with me today is my co-host, D.A. And my recurring favorite guest, Ron. Oh, sorry. I got, I was shocked by favorite guest. I was like, oh my God. There you go. (laughs) And my new guest. I was kind of hoping I was a favorite guest, but (laughs) I'm Cougar. And so we like to talk about Criterion movies. We like to watch Criterion movies. Criterion movies are very well known to be pretentious as fuck. Definitely, yes. yes. And we That's are pretentious. We are pretentious pricks here. Just a little Obviously. bit. All right. And for today's episode, we are going into "Don't Look Now," which holds the spine number of seven hundred and forty-five in the Criterion Collection. Release date of 1973, directed by Nicholas Roeg. Nicholas Roeg has also directed The Man Who Fell From Earth, which is very well known because David Bowie comes out in it. He also did Bad Timing and Insignificance. Starring in this movie is Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Cinematographer is Anthony B. Richmond. And the basics of this story is, so this is still grieving over the accident of their daughter, Christine. John, which is Donald Sutherland, and Laura Baxter, which is Julie Christie, head to Venice, Italy, where John's been commissioned to restore a church. There, Laura meets two sisters who claim to be in touch with the spirit of Baxter's daughter. Laura takes them seriously, but John scoffs until himself catches a glimpse of what looks like Christine running through the streets of Venice, which is actually really silly. To me. (laughs) Well, it's various hallucinations that he begins experiencing that I think kind of play into the whole thing. But would they really be hallucinations, or is it just... Definitely. Yeah, they are hallucinations that he begins experiencing. Or was it just reality of him, like reality, but him just taking it as his own context? I think uh, it, it could be like that because I mean that that was a you see like a, a little girl running around Venice, and I mean that is a person. I I think it's I think this movie is all about like coincidences and like how things like tie together, tie together, and whether or not it's um, 
purposefully, whether it's like a higher power or like whether it's mm-hmm. you just looking too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why there's always like these recurring themes through the movie. Yeah. 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 Reading into something and seeing it as something else completely. That's because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the whole movie is kind of like a, a hallucination in itself. Like the viewer is kind of thrown for a whack like you're not yeah. really sure what's happening at certain points in the movie like it's almost like yeah. you're you know you and donald sutherland are sort of uh, going through something together <laughs> yeah. you guys are hallucinating together mm-hmm. take a tab of ace of acid, acid and just trip out <laughs> yeah because yeah, the the editing style which i think is really interesting for you know like what, what? When was the film made? Like nineteen seventy seventy four. It was released in nineteen seventy three, but it didn't get its release release until nineteen seventy four because it had a lot of uh, backlash and a lot of like, ooh no. Oh yes, we can we can get into that later, but uh, but yeah, I just you know like the editing is like really fast, well, not fast paced, but there's a lot of like quick cuts. Yeah, I would say there, was. Yeah, quick there was there was. Would you call it fast paced? Yeah, you know, there's you know a lot of cutaways, especially. And, like, I just want to just make, you know, just sort of, I guess the way that the film goes through, like, a lot of, like, certain shots and, like, certain edits and cuts or whatever, it kind of reminded me a bit of, uh, like, an Italian horror film from, uh, from, like, the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Like Baba like Argento. and Argento. I yeah. Was yes, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel yeah. like you have, you know, similar, you know views on that and we can probably get into that too the climax i think is a very very good example of that too which one climax by no, 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 the climax of oh. The oh for <laughs> sure <laughs> definitely I was like, we can we can talk about climax no way yeah uh, okay. no but uh the climax of the film i mean the blood yeah yeah so this movie very starts off right that they're in their english home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have two children one's a boy one's a girl and you have the little girl playing outside, and it keeps cutting off to the parents that are mm-hmm. inside, especially Donald Sutherland's character, which is, what was his name again? Uh, John. John. Uh, you know, it cuts off to him, mostly. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to have that premonition that something's going to happen. Yeah, something's up. And so as soon as he walks out of the house, and the little boy comes running in, yelling for help, mm-hmm. he finds his little girl drowned. Mm-hmm. In the lake or pond that they had there. Yeah. Laura starts screaming. It's like the overdub is very strange. I don't know. If yeah, there's moments that. in it there where, it, yeah, where it's off. That's also very reminiscent of Giaio, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember in yeah. our uh, Night Court episode, you were talking about how Italian cinema is yeah, uh, the dubbing. I don't, I don't know if this was a part of that. Yeah, in my head, I was like, this just feels off. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah. no. Yeah. DA was saying this is how I, Italian I know, cinema is. So, dude, right? so I was like, I'll just stick I with was it. Thinking of so that was it, made, it was made around the same time that that sort of I became a thing? Or was it before that? It was, because it was 70s. Yeah, yeah. No, it was in the seventies, and in the seventies, like the Night Porter and, and Italian, and mm-hmm. a lot of Argento and uh, Bava stuff mm-hmm. were d- overdubbed. Yeah. Even Salo. Even Salo. Oh God, Salo. Oh God. God, God, God. <laughs> so yeah, so that happens in the beginning, and then it right away straight up cuts off to them being in Venice. So mm-hmm. now they're in Venice, and John's been asked to restore. A church, and mm-hmm. so they're there, and they're having dinner, and then I believe Julie Christie's uh, character—is it Laura? Yeah, it Laura anyone? goes into the bathroom, and she meets these two sisters, who claim to know that they have 
to, they have been able to see her daughter. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have connection to her the daughter. Blind ones. She says yeah. she's a clairvoyant. Yeah. Yeah. She says that she's clairvoyant. That she can speak to her daughter, and she's telling her, "Oh no, your daughter's okay. She's very happy." And then Laura faints. Yes. And then she comes back, and she's cured. She's no longer mm-hmm. feeling the sadness, and which John's take is like, "How can that happen? That's mm-hmm. just not." the way things go yeah and you find it seemed out illogical yeah and you find out later on in the movie that she's actually had like problems because they mentioned pills i right. should take my pills again yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like we don't know how long it's been but you know like i mean obviously a child dying a relationship like marriage is going to be a little bit tumultuous yeah like what? turmoil and stuff like that yeah, but grief like, separates you don't know, people yeah you don't know like the situation exactly. up front from the beginning and, and to me that felt like the central theme of the film yeah it, what grief can do to people mm-hmm. and I, I love that I love the idea of um, what it can do and, and how it can tear people apart in very different ways because they are very attached and yet it still tears them apart in a very very strange way I mean when their child is injured and everything that occurs they have this sort of dynamic that diminishes their whole entire mm-hmm. time in Venice yeah and as we it goes see on. it all occur and uh, I, I really liked how it all played out and how it all is very allegorically um, reminiscent and very allegorically kind of in tune with how grief plays into relationships and how we communicate with people. That's a very good point, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, even the most healthy, stable relationships, yeah. you know, you throw in grief in there. And uh, well, yeah, all, it's all we know to... is they, they had great sex, apparently, so if that makes stable relationships. Yeah, so, like, right after that whole situation, she's healed, and she's telling him, like, oh, yeah, I'm cured, I feel fine, and you should talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then they have that very, very intense sex scene. Which yeah. Oh, seems yeah. that we're all a fan of. Oh, I thought yeah. it was okay. Well, envelope pushing, I would, say, I would say. It was very interesting because interesting. of the editing itself. Yeah, the, the, the editing yeah. is, is what does it. I I do. I know it's thir- three minutes long because I checked the time before it started. <laughs> oh, you got it. I, and I rewound it, it was like thirty five minutes. times as well. No, no I, I <laughs> noted it was thirty minutes, and then I was like, "This is like when the sex scene's about to start." And then when it was over, I checked it again. It was uh, thirty-three minutes into the movie, so it's a three-minute sex scene. Yeah, I think okay. it could have been a little bit shorter. There is a moment where it's just like this is going on a little bit. There was a little yes. bit too long, but I do like the edits. The edits is basically um, mm-hmm. they're having sex, and as they're starting to have sex, they're starting to. Uh, dress themselves at like yeah. the afterwards. I think they're going out to dinner yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and I think the cuts are just fantastically done. Yeah. They were very mm-hmm. well done. I mean, like you said, when they cut off to the dressing part, they're also cutting off to the sex scene mm-hmm. where they're undressing. So as they're undressing, they're also dressing, and it kind of has some symbolism to. Yes, they're undressing all of their pain and their grief, but they're also hiding themselves within their clothes. That's what I got off of it, metaphorically speaking. They're also separate while they're doing it, too. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Like in separate rooms, even. So they're together during the sex scene, of course. Mm -hmm. They're together, but apart. Together, but apart. Mm -hmm. And do you want to go ahead and mention that one scene? Which scene? That one with the armpit. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she like, licks his armpit. They both lick each other's armpits. Yeah, which is something you don't really see very often. Yeah, that was, like, a really movie sex scene. It's so played out nowadays. Like, who can say, you know, you love somebody enough to lick their armpit? 
That's people crazy. like it. I don't know. I know. No, that that has to be some sort of like <laughs> really extreme love because I would not go under there, somebody's arm. Not even my boyfriend. No, no kink shaming for me. Yeah. No kink shaming. Like no kink shaming. Said. Yeah, but I wonder what the symbolism must be out of licking an armpit. I, you know? I think that at the time it's just the fact that there wasn't really sex scenes that were like this, and maybe that's the reason it pushed for it it wanted to be a controversial movie that pushed the boundaries of what sex was in film and whether it did it properly or not and eh, i mean it, it didn't feel very male gazy to me because of the editing like you said yeah mm-hmm. i really liked the editing in this film as a whole not only the sex scene is yes the sex scene was great but as a whole i really loved the fast cuts and everything others rapid it's wonderful um yeah, I, I think they were very well done in the sex scene as well. So it worked. Yeah, for three minutes at least, you know, yeah, licking an armpit, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, at least a little longer. Yeah, yeah, it was it very passionate, hurt. you know. <laughs> it could, I could also feel, you know, that John is actually very happy that, you know, Lara was okay. So, you know, they're expressing their love, but then they're going back to their normal state, mm-hmm. which is the dressing part, is mm-hmm. just going back to what they usually know. So mm-hmm. then it carries on, right, to... What scene is it? Shoot. I'm not sure what happens after that, but it is interesting. <laughs> right? That you what what can you even call it, upon? It, it is interesting. It is interesting that you mentioned like the juxtaposition of it all because I think it's one of the things that this film does so well. Like especially if you remember the beginning, uh, yeah. when the daughter throws something. Uh, she or what is she doing? I think she throws the doll. The ball. It's right. a ball. It's she has a the, red ball. Uh, it's the ball, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the wife catches something at the other end of that edit. Um, oh, yeah, those are and, so good. And uh, there's another edit after that where, uh, yeah, the, the wife catches a mm-hmm. glass. But there's several like that. And I think that uh, it works so well with uh, just as a whole bringing it all together and making it feel kind of like a cohesive mm-hmm. story at the end. Uh, yeah, it just makes it more effective. It does. Yeah, that ending is, is fantastic. Th- that ball comes out uh, multiple times in the movie. Also, I uh, one, of, really? one of the little the kids. The is everywhere. But automotives are always. Yeah, one of the little back. kids in the hospital. Uh, uh, when what's her name? Uh, Laura goes there. Yeah. Um, she's like playing with the kids like through a window. Uh, oh. They're passing that same red ball, and yeah. then in one of their briefcases, when she, I don't know if it's when she's packing or if it's after the sex scene. Um, it's in one of their briefcases. Oh, wow. So, like, they carry it with them. Yeah, because yeah. she, she's actually, what happens is that, well, after that, you know, he, she keeps following the two sisters because mm-hmm. she wants to feel more connected to her daughter. But then there is a something that happens in the boarding school that her son is at, yeah. and she has to leave back to London. Or England, or wherever she's at, England. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the son. Because the son was son. like in a boarding school or something. Her son or something. was injured in yeah. an accident yeah. of some sort. Yeah. And I think that's the scene you're talking about, where she's packing and that red ball comes yeah, out. Yeah, I think the red ball is there. Yeah, and then throughout the whole motion of this going on, John feels like she never really left because he keeps seeing her running around with the two sisters. Like there's this one scene where they're in a little <clears> gondola. Yeah. But- I feel like that's him, like, um, premonishing his death, kind of, because they show that scene later on afterwards. Um, but it's right after he almost falls from uh, check, uh, checking the mosaics on the church he's renovating. Yeah. Which is, like, a really crazy scene, because, like, he, he's, like, the... It's like a board, 
right? How exactly yeah, does a, he fall? It's like, like a plank of wood on the like, like that scaffolding that like he's yeah, standing on. The scaffolding, on. Yeah. yeah. But there's also like they save him, like he doesn't fall to his death. But there's a like a small clip of him falling, mm-hmm. and then like he goes and talks to the priest or the bishop, I think. Yeah, it's it's the the bishop, the one that um, is like in charge of all the churches. Um, I forgot his name. I don't know his name either. I think he's a bishop, no? Is he a bishop? Is he a priest? I know they make a deal because she kisses his ring, and he's like, "Why the hell? Like, why would you do that? Like, that's why he asked her. He asked her a question. Another good thing about that scene is um, when they first meet each other, mm-hmm. he's the bishop. I think it's, I'm just gonna say bishop. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know religious. Yeah, let's like, just go with that. Um, I think. I think yeah. So he goes and he tells them like, "These are all God's churches," uh, but he doesn't like he doesn't seem to listen anymore. He's like mentioned something like people don't pay attention, but as he's saying that, like his coat is covering like the cross that he's wearing, and there's like a lot of things like oh, wow. that in this movie. That, there's like, a lot of symbolism. Like the yeah. little like little, little things. Yeah, I thought that was a really good thing. And glass is always kind of like a premonition oh, yes. of uh, yeah. the glass having broken in like right before beginning. every time something bad happens, there's the glass, glass involved. The glass breaks. There is right. Yeah. In the very beginning, there's also that scene with the uh-huh. mosaics and yeah. red blood. But it did equate the actual murder at the end. Yes, it does. It's yeah, it like comes full circle. Because at, yeah, at the end, everything in this film. At the end of the movie, he asks um, he asks the sisters for a glass of water. Yeah, water is also a water big part of the movie. Glass because and the water. I mean, they're in Venice. It's like a city on water. Yes. So like, there's water throughout the whole thing. You know, something I really loved about this movie was that it really, truly captured Venice for what it is. Like, I hardly ever see any movies that are set in Venice. And if they are, they don't really capture all of the beauty mm-hmm. of it. Since I have been, Indiana you know, Jones pretentiousness <laughs> intended, since I have been, you know, it really felt like Venice to me. Yeah. They really portrayed it very well. Whoever, whoever did the cinematography, cinematography, which was actually Anthony B. Richmond, you know, he did great. He did amazing capturing all the yeah, scenes it's, it's in the really city. Uh, I actually read something interesting on that. They actually couldn't film any, like, famous locations. Then that forced them to film, like, in... Like those small alley streets, like those like back end corners of Venice. Yeah. And that's and I think that's what really made it like feel like you're there in the Authentic. city. Authentic. I yeah. love that they filmed in those. It felt like a very before trilogy like that they filmed in such a little intimate locations and uh, it, it really was it was wonderful. Yeah, another one of the scenes which is actually one of my favorite scenes is the seance scene. Where she's having that oh, whole dance and yeah. she's having is that she, frantic Francie's moaning. Is she yeah. having like an orgasm or something? Yeah. Like that? She's, she's like feeling herself tell. up and stuff like well, that. It's, it's when weird. She, what, is she, it's like a reminiscence of uh, the sex between who was it? Uh, right, Laura and John. Right, right. Was it not? No, it wasn't. It was a little so, bit further into the movie. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying this. That's what the uh, moaning, the whole thing was reminiscent of. Well, yeah, actually, because there was no moaning during the sex scene. You can there was there was I, just uh, so music. So, what do you think the whole moaning scene was then? What I, was she? I think uh, it was just the intensity of it. The intensity of because she was like clearly orgasm yeah, yeah. sexually, like, it was yeah. very sexual. Yeah, it was. and the only thing would 
scene before that in the film is the one sex maybe, scene. Maybe maybe she was like tapping into like their. I don't know, but then that also yeah, didn't really yeah. tap into the daughter. The daughter was not there for the, the thing, sex scene. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't know. That was also something I was wondering, but uh, I, I liked it. I mean, the intensity of it, mm-hmm. like you said, it was so great. It but, was. Uh, I wasn't really. You really clear sold on the seance. Exactly. But yes. That whole, that whole scene's really good. Maybe it was just capturing the euphoria of everything that happened right before his death, you know? Something kind of to juxtapose. Because that's something this movie does so much. It juxtaposes things life and death and mm-hmm. everything in between. And especially in the edits. Yeah. You know, addressing and undressing, or like undressing or, you know, everything. Yeah, the, and right before they have the seance, um, Laura's, like, they're walking to their apartment, and she's telling John, like, they're going to try to reach her. Well, I'm talking about the daughter. And yeah. it yeah. cuts to both the sisters laughing, like, hysterically. Yes, and then cuts back to them. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, are they laughing? It's almost like they're laughing at them. I, yes, like, I, I thought they were and laughing at them. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. It that way. It feels a lot of that, a lot of things... Like that subtleties in the film feel that way. Which at that point I was like, are these people like tricking John and Laura? Like, is that what they're yeah. trying to get there, at? There's, like, there's definitely like a sinister aura to those yeah, two. There was. That creepy. is what I wanted to say. Yeah. I feel like this film had this very sinister, yes. underlying feel mm-hmm. that it never but, got but to. The, but the city too, like. like hitting a, there's scenes or there's parts where like they're walking and like people are staring at them and like right when John or Laura like turns to look at them they like quickly look away yeah. and they keep on walking or like there's people like uh, staring through the windows yes. and, like, yeah. yeah and it's just like oh, it's so creepy or, like, or even everyone around them just kind of seems like they're up to something yeah. you know, when they talk they like, to them it's just like you know something's going on it feels very Rosemary's Baby yes yes uh, Rosemary's yes. Baby a recent comparison Hereditary kind of like old Hereditary oh yeah it's kind of like but I felt like it never really brought all that together mm-hmm. it ended up being just about grief and their story in a sort of isolated way yeah, they um, never really touched on why yeah, everyone I, was so I was, like. Yeah. Really, like, why is everyone? There a was no explanation weirdo? to yeah. that. Uh-huh. Like is that it official- just because everyone is fucking weird. On yeah, that like the murder, <laughs> like the murder police <laughs> people no. that he goes talks yes, to. Yes, like no, that. Of, uh, was that that official guy? He talks to. Uh, it's like a murder. Like, oh yeah, uh, because inspector, he thinks, the cop, yeah, the he cop. acts, he acts super that. weird throughout the whole he thing. He did. He yes. was like laughing at him. Yes. Analyzes them very strangely. Another thing too, that hallway that he goes into his office does not match the door that he like when he goes through the door to into the room. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't match like the the room like the hallway he walked in through. If that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah, like, like say, for example, in a building, they all have the same doors. Yeah, well, like, that- the door is, like, super big, but the door he walked in through was, like, small. Like, he had to, like, like Maybe duck that's his just head a, to get con- continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's intentional or yeah. if it's just, like, they filmed that shot of him walking in and they use another room I, I remember to film that in. shot in the hallway and I was like, oh, that's such a nice shot. Yeah, it looks really so good. So I didn't really yeah. you know, pay it, attention to the next one. At this point, with all the symbolism that this movie has, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was meaning to that mm-hmm. whole scene, you know, because... Oh, yeah. The reason why he goes to the police is because he thinks that his wife is not actually abroad where she should be mm-hmm. because he keeps seeing her. And he also keeps seeing his daughter, Christine, yeah. in that red coat in some instances. So he thinks, no, she's not over there. She's with the sisters. The sisters are trying to kidnap my wife. 
or they're trying to murder her. And so that's why he goes over to the police station, mm-hmm. but they right. don't take him seriously at all. I think they, they become suspicious of him, too. Yeah, yeah they, they have him followed. Yeah. Like, what is this guy talking mm-hmm. about? Well, I don't. Sh- I also like, too, that they don't uh, subtitle the Italian. Oh, I was going to ask because I wasn't sure if that they was didn't. just my version. No, because the Criterion okay. channel doesn't have... Okay. I put subtitles on, and it actually subtitles in Italian. It subtitles in Italian. Yeah, yeah it's well. not going to give you and the And I was just like, oh, damn it, I want to know everything they're yeah, saying. It's but like it, watching Suspiria without the parts <laughs> like that. But it makes it feel cool. It makes it feel like you're also like lost yeah. in this like foreign like um, country you're city. You're in the same position. They are. Yeah, because yeah. even like, he speaks. You're in the movie. He speaks like broken Italian, and Laura mm-hmm. doesn't really speak that much Italian at all. Like she, he orders for her like at restaurants and stuff like that. He does. Know. Yeah. So, I don't, so it makes you also feel like this sense of like I don't know where the fuck I am in these like yeah. streets. Like I hear like something like. You hear like footsteps and shit too. Yeah, like, he people hears things and he he sees things like like you were mentioning earlier. The reoccurring appearance of the red coat. Yes. That's the same red coat that his daughter was wearing when mm-hmm. she drowned. Mm-hmm. You know, and it comes also to the hallucinations that we probably think he's having because he keeps seeing the daughter, he keeps seeing the wife, he keeps seeing things. So mm-hmm. at this point, who's crazier, the wife? Or the husband. The husband, definitely. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, because the husband, because John thinks that Laura is crazy mm-hmm. for believing these sisters, but at the end, he's, seeing all he's that the stuff one that's seeing all that shit. I mean, he's following around a little person in a red coat, you know? Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, Donald Sutherland lost his mind in this movie. <laughs> the yeah. blind lady says that he has the gift also. Exactly. She oh, does. That is she she, yeah. she yeah. says that like, oh, he can see it too. That's leads him to his demise. Because mm-hmm. he sees yeah, things that aren't the ending? what they are. What? No, that's that's um before they go to the apartment, they meet them while he's restoring the church. Yeah. Yes, it's, it wasn't the apartment scene. It was the apartment scene. Well, yeah, it's yeah because that's when he leaves and she's like, "No, bring him back." Yeah. Oh back. my god, that was so good. Oh, it was so intense. Yeah, I, was I was so like, terrified. Shit. I mean, I, I knew it was coming, but it worked. It worked for me. That was time. definitely the climax of yeah. the movie, where you know the ending scene where he leaves because he he goes and drops her off because they're in the police station because they they arrested the two sisters yeah the, and then, uh, the venice police and then the 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 one that's not blind the one that's not clairvoyant she's not there so she's like offers, at an embassy or some crap like right. that yeah at the yeah. u.s embassy i think or, or, uh, you that would be the british embassy. the uk i'm sorry the U, uk yeah and so he offers to drop her off at his at her apartment and so they're having their nice conversation whatever and then once he drops her off, he's like, oh, I should really get going now. She has, like, a seizure, I think. She does. And that's what yes. forces him to, like, oh, be, so wild. be weirded out and be like, I'm just no, going to leave. No, he yeah. left, dude. No, no, no. It, was as, it, was as he, really? it was as he was leaving. Yeah, like, he was, as he was leaving. He was about to leave. Yeah, I remember. And she had the seizure, and he was like, well, there's nothing for me to do. Like, I'll yeah. just, like, bounce. And he, he just left. The yeah. sister was the She's one like, that prolonged <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, God. But that that death scene though that that coming to circle from the very beginning to it's the very end in the chapel and the blood just spreading, mm-hmm. well, it the, was so the good. match cuts are what made it so effective. Yes. Seeing all of it just uh, yeah, that was great. It was good, yeah. But another question that I have for you guys is why do you think there was so much controversy over this film? Because it was banned. Mm-hmm. I think it's it just the sex. It's the sex scene. The sex scene. Definitely. But, I yeah. mean, let's say, for example, um, DA and Ron, we've already discussed the Night Porter, mm-hmm. and we already had known that this had 
the same controversy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Night Porter Cougar? Mm-mm. You should. You should. I will. Good. It smells pretty good. You know, I'm I could good. understand the controversy over the Night Porter. I cannot understand the controversy over just a sex scene, which I, wasn't even a sex scene. It was just passionate I think kissing. I, I think it's he goes down okay. on her, and I think that's yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's a very, taboo. It's a very clear shot of him like going down on her, right. and you see her bush and everything. Yeah, okay. and and that's the, yeah. I feel like that's the reason. Okay. That's when yeah. they're like, no, we can't have this. Outside. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, in the seventies, yeah. it's like okay, you can have you know your missionary, you can have but anything else. Yeah. It's uh, also very passionate too, like. It gets really into it. It yeah. reminded me, uh, I don't want to say because I know that film is kind of taboo in a lot of ways, but Blue is the Warmest Color. Oh, yeah. Just oh, like yeah. a sh- very shortened kind of how, how passionate they get in, into yeah. it in that Like film. it feels real. It feels very raw. And I, I think that rawness and, and how extenuated it is on film and it just goes on and on and on and on. Is a big reason 19, for his controversy. Yeah, it's 1973. Yeah, also, just, that's the 70s for you. People mm-hmm. didn't want to watch people have sex for three minutes straight, unless they go to the porn theater. Exactly. Yeah. Which was also common at the time. It was. So they would Where else are you going to watch there. your porn? <laughs> exactly. Where, the local smut well house. There. But you know, they were mad that this wasn't in a porn theater. So a guy goes down on a girl and that's a controversy. It is. 1973. Uh, it's the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. That's more like a blessing in 1973. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I didn't understand the controversy of this film. This is yeah. why I chose this film because not only did it have a lot of controversy, but I know that DA was also very adamant well, about it. Well, no, yeah. for me, no. The, yeah. One of the reasons I know that I didn't like it was I just, the film felt I remember the first time it felt felt so sluggish. It just didn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I got that it was about grief, but it didn't really drive the message home. And it reminded me so much of Rosemary's Baby without the closure of Rosemary's Baby. And I think that's what made me mad. Cause it's just and the ends. symbolism at the end, I, I also wasn't a really a big fan of the end the first time I watched it, I think. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I went from a one star rating the first time I watched it. To this rewatch, I went to uh, 3.5. I loved it. Like, I, I not loved it, but I, I really appreciated the the cinematic aspect of it, the editing, and so much that went into this. There's a lot of intricacy that I took for granted, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I'm not just clouded by it, I, I do think there is a lot of parts in the film that drag that can just yeah. be cut out. Oh, the definitely. Yeah. Aside from that, there is a, a lot of thematic importance in the film that does capture the importance and the effects of grief in a relationship very effectively. And uh, that's why the film, in, in my opinion, is... Yeah, I, I have to admit, though, the editing was superb. The yeah. cinematography really set mm-hmm. the tone for the creepiness yes. in the in the whole setup of Venice. Like, Venice, to me, is not the way that it was portrayed in that aspect of creepy, but it was very realistic as to how it looked. I'm scared of Venice now. I don't want to go there. Gorgeous. Exactly. Like, it, made you, it made you be scared like, that people were going to be staring at you and that you're going to be hallucinating and shit <laughs> yeah. about your dead daughter that you don't even have. Turn the wrong corner, end up in the wrong alleyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> end up in a magnum shop. Mm-mm. <laughs> But yeah, no, but going back to that death scene, though, once he dies and it all comes full circle, what do you think was the meaning behind that, that end scene? 
because it it presents itself in the very beginning while you know Christina's outside playing and you see the mosaic and you see the blood dripping and it's mm-hmm. the same blood that drips at the very end scene it's the very same clip mm-hmm. what is the significance of that i think it all goes down to like what i said earlier like there's coincidences whether it's intentional or not it's all these things that um just makes you think like damn that's the exact same way that this stuff happened yeah. like there's all these things that are similar i forgot like there's a word for it and I'm, i don't know exactly i can't remember what the word is there's a word for like when you find certain things like deja vu yeah i guess something like that um but i feel like that's what makes it so scary because i mean it's like it's some real shit it's not it's like a monster or it's not like a yeah. killer with a even though it is like a killer with a killer. but it's not like it's not like jason or like michael myers or something like that that's like chasing you down like it's shit that probably could happen like yeah it's like in the real life realness you know? yeah. yeah what about you cougar what is your take on this death scene i just think it's kind of interesting it's kind of a very rare where the uh, victim is the one that's chasing the killer you know what i mean because yeah. he's, yeah. chas- he's chasing what he thinks is, you know, his daughter or... At least the kid. Yeah. Something yeah. that he thinks is his daughter. It's reminding of his daughter, and that's just what leads him to his own demise. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe the idea of going after or pursuing something that's gone could potentially lead to your own... Yeah. Not, not Maybe not necessarily death, but, you know... He was his worst enemy at the end of the day. Yeah. He could have said easily that Laura was the one that was crazy, but at the end, he was the one that wasn't really over the death. He wasn't mm-hmm. really, you know, he hasn't really accepted the death of his daughter, and so he's the one that's not letting go. Laura's already moving on, mm-hmm. and maybe with the sisters or without, but he's the one that's still finding excuses not to let it go mm-hmm. because he still keeps seeing his daughter, and he still wants to believe that she's still alive. Yet at the end, after his pursuit, he's the one that ends up dying in the same way that kind of would resemble his daughter, both in the drowning and then he just falls. It was just meant to be. Yeah. And he saw it coming. That's exactly what I liked about the end. And it's exactly what Ron said. Mm -hmm. Like, it comes full circle. Full circle. uh, At the very beginning, like, he bleeds. I think bright in some way, like, he oh he ruins himself. the negative i don't i don't he yeah ruins he, the negative he in some does way. in the beginning and he bleeds on to i don't know if it's in the beginning or kind of towards the, i think it is it is the beginning, the beginning. yeah it's when uh, it's before she he drowns on to it and i mean it's quite literally his own blood symbolic i would say of of the same death. blood yeah. that spreads in um, the, yeah. and yeah all comes full circle in a lot of ways a lot of things doing this Le- leading up to his death too uh, his wife's running through the uh, between like the boats, yeah. and it kind of and, and it mirrors. His, he he sees his wife on the boat with the two women, uh, yes. mirroring mm-hmm. after he is deceased, and he is he has the whole delusion that she's still there. No, but it's also too like when she's running to him, it's like it's almost like him running oh, to right, his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then also too like when because he he closes the gates and like locks it. Yeah, and then when she goes to the gates, like she's sticking her arms through, and she says she doesn't she says my darlings. Right. Which is like both of them, which is like him and the daughter. It's and like, the daughter, yeah. Like she knew at that moment that like they were both together and that they were both gone. I don't know. That's just like a really powerful yeah, like moment. That I was, was that, yeah. 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 That movie's great. It's I like great. Movie. Yeah, it, it does. It captures a lot of you know 
the what grief does in a really metaphorical ways that it does are very uh, different and and effective in, in interesting ways. So, what about the final opinions, guys? So, final ratings, final opinions, Ron. I'm gonna give it. I'm debating. I'm gonna do. Screw it. I'll do four point five. I like this movie a lot. You did like yes, it a lot. I Why? like it a lot. Uh, it's just. I don't know. I like the themes of it. Uh, I like that there's the subtlety in like how, uh, like how scary uh, they make the city look. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a really good movie. I was like, it starts slow, but I think towards, I would say, after the sex scene, it's like yeah. when, when it really starts, pick, when it starts, when it really starts picking up, and like I I don't know. It's just like a mystery. Like, are these ladies? really what they say they are is this lady even blind i know her eyes are all whited out but there's moments yeah. where she's like looking at people <laughs> yeah. and it's just i was just like i don't know like i wish they would have gone more into like why this why venice is like so weird but um, yeah i like what it should we be got. like a subgenre of films like well, venice this, films <laughs> the psychic medium like you said that would have mm-hmm. been a very very cool yeah, have some yeah. backstory on that to mm-hmm. explore because it was a great subplot, and especially with the surrealism going on in the film, the overlays that go on in the film. There's even one with her, just her eyes, you mm-hmm. know, and then it melts into like clouds. It's just so great, you know. If they wanted it, they, that's something that they could have fleshed out. Yeah, because you don't, you don't even know if there is a supernatural aspect of yeah. this story. You just believe it and take it up. Yeah, he. Value. It was almost like he's just wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, like, what yeah. the people yeah. in Venice, like, are just going to chalk it all up to, but you don't really know, like, I don't know, like, yeah. did they really, did those old ladies really, yeah. like, see the daughter? Did they really intend to help her? Yeah, because they well, seemed really, I mean, like, sinister. That, the, that he was going to die some way or another. Yeah, she said uh, he wasn't safe in Venice. She wasn't safe, and she knew right, right when, like, she's like, go get him, be, right when he was going to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had that whole so frantic scene. in some way or another, I do think there was some supernatural force. It's just not really clarified how or in what way it manifests. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Cooks? What's your rating and your opinion? Um, my rating, I would probably give it about a three. Ooh, why? Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like there's a lot of great ideas in the movie, but, I, you know, to go back to what you were saying, it is kind of slow a lot, yeah. you know, at the time. It kind of moves kind of slowly. I like the ending. The ending's great. I think it really wraps up the whole thing really well. And, um, and yeah, like, I mean, I enjoyed the film. I, if I could sum it up, I would say, you know, Time is fluid, grief kills, and communication <laughs> is very important. There you go. And licking armpits. Yeah. Oh, God. And okay. uh, red paint blood. Red, red painted. Paint blood. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it, was... it looked more like paint. Yeah. That oh, was, yeah, yeah. When, when, yeah, yeah, that classic, like, 70s Dude, era, like, Argento style. Yeah. No, 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 no. That gave Argento a run for his money. That it looked like orange. Painy. Yeah. yeah. Someone just squeezing a pink paint bottle. Yeah. Not even a pink paint bottle, a tomato. <laughs> tomato. Could tomato, have been, tomato. It could have just been, you know, some squashing tomatoes. <laughs> a bunch of people. And could have been just them. ketchup. <laughs> Underneath, and, you but, know. you know, Donald Sullivan, he sold it, you know. Yeah, Donald Sullivan. He's one of the more, I think, like, underrated, like, great Canadian character actors I think of all time he's really yeah that this was a very good um, part for him Mm -hmm. to play he really sold it to me what about you DA what's your rating and opinion Uh, I would uh, 
I'd say this is a 3.5 out of 5 for me. I, uh, yeah, the first time I saw it, I did not like this movie. Gave it a one star. But no, I, uh, I've come around. I really, really appreciated it. Um, I really like the editing style a lot. Um, it really, really just brings so much of it to life. And I think it makes so much of the metaphors connect. Even though it does get slow... Uh, it, it makes up for it. There, there are slow scenes. For the most there part. There are. The final act is, is it delivers. Um, it reminded me a lot of like Rosemary's Baby, like I said. Um, uh, also Repulsion, I guess, it just reminded me of Polanski Lots, a lot. A lot just of Polanski of Polanski. It, uh, it reminded me also of Possession, but Possession came out after. But just that sense of dread that it builds, which has a lot to do with Venice. Venice is so beautiful in this film, but also so dreadful, yeah. which I love and makes me want to visit Venice even more. Um, and it reminded me of Suspedia. Uh, in a way, Surprisingly, yeah. not old Suspedia, but Guadagnina Suspedia from last year. I, uh, I, those, those fast zooms, those, those tones, pans, yes, the tones, uh, the color palette, so mm-hmm. much of this, uh, I don't know, it, it's almost, it, it feels like I, I would definitely, definitely not be surprised if, uh, Guadagnino took, um, some sort of influence mm-hmm. for Suspedia 2018. Most likely. From this movie, because it, it is very similar yeah, to Yeah, so the palette, like, red's hardly in this movie. Oh, yeah. Only, Except for... Only when it's blood, when it's the color. When, when it's blood, when it's, it's totally, like, it just looks totally ridiculous on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. To well, make it really pop. My rating would have to be a 3.5. You know, I'll give it some good you know, thumbs up for the poetic kind of metaphorical storyline that it had. It had a lot of artistic value into it. I really enjoyed the tones. I really enjoyed the way that they portrayed Venice, you know, because Venice is very well known to be a beautiful city, but in this case, it was very creepy, very macabre, if I said that right. Yes, it's very macabre. And so the actors in this movie you know even though it was just mostly these two people with these two sisters you know the characters they all had their one thing that you wanted to know about like john you want to know what's going on in his head you want to know if laura's really okay you want to know if the sisters are really trying to help you know there's always a little mystery to every single character that Mm -hmm. makes you wonder okay what's their purpose what is what is the meaning to all of these things that are going on? I really did like the usage of color in the red scenes with the blood and the coat and the ball. You know, there was a lot of symbolism behind it. So I appreciated that. But I do have to admit it was very slow. It was kind of like background noise for me, background watching. So it didn't really grasp my attention the way that I wanted it to. Because there are movies like The Night Porter, which we did previously... Mm-hmm that really just grab you with their really hard scenes, you know, and being that this movie is known to be controversial, I expected a lot of more controversy out of it. But I didn't really see it happening. The erotic scene was really good. I really liked the metaphors behind it, but other than that, it was a little bit laggy. So, 3.5. Understandable. The way you talk about it, I feel like, Tonally, you would love Possession if you haven't seen Possession. Just because it, Possession is like everything that this movie doesn't do right. 
So right. Possession has all the action pack, no, RoboCop it style. It isn't. <laughs> it, it, it isn't. It is very character driven, but it just its execution. It's so um, you're so engrossed in everything that happens, and it becomes such a cathartic experience with the characters. And I feel like that's one of the issues that uh, Don't Look Now has. You kind yeah. of enjoy the ride. But um, you don't have this sort of really, really deep connection that you should have with the characters, despite the fact that it's about grief, where you should have a very, very deep connection. That's the thing. I wanted the attachment. Um, There are so many films about parental grief that have done this so well. Um, But, uh, and I'm not saying this isn't one that hasn't done it well, but I do think it is lacking in a sense it, it could have lack. it could have tried and fleshed out a little more instead of having a three minute sex scene but you know <laughs> no uh, but i think that sex scene was important oh definitely yeah <laughs> yeah it, that's it how long make i it a bad movie it was good i just you know it, i can't be mad that it's not the movie i want it to be either it was it was very creative and very stylish, and I think that's something I don't give it credit. I haven't really talked about it. It's, yeah. It has so much style, and that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, I didn't really think about that the first time I saw it, but yeah, those those zooms and those cuts and everything about this editing and the cinematography and the color palette has a style that is kind of making it a sort of a genre all of its own, which I liked. Yeah. Touche. Yeah, it not, doesn't make for a incredible film, but it makes for a good film, and definitely for a very uh, well-made film from a filmmaking aspect. Okay. So. And final question, does this deserve to be in the Criterion Collection? Yes. Mm, sure. I, th- I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. do agree. Oh, yes. It's got a unique style on its own, and I think the Criterion deserves a type of movie like that. And it does. Yeah, it was very, like I said, it was very poetic, very metaphorical, very artistic, and it spoke on its own volume, you know? Yeah. Very subtle. I like D.A. said, like, as a filmmaking aspect, as a, like, purely filmmaking, like, a lot of work had to go into this yeah. movie, especially all the yeah. themes and, like, having to be like, oh, we need to have, the, I mean, like, there's even, like, red spots, like, underneath their cups of water in the hotel they're staying at. Uh-huh. Like, it's just little stuff like that. that. Yeah. It's I, just crazy. I love quick cuts so much, so I just, I kind of really like that about the movie. It reminded me of, uh, you know, Big Little Lies oh, and yeah. Sharp Objects. Yes. They do things. I love that editor so much. And so, yeah, it's just, they're so great. And uh, it's very effective when done right. And that's something this movie does right. Yeah, it does. Neat quick cuts. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're closing this down. If you guys want to plug in your social media, just want to remind everybody to follow MoQuest Studios on Instagram, Twitter, and we also have a Facebook page. Ron, do you want to plug in your... Uh, Twitter, it's uh, at RonVega92. Cougs? You can follow my Instagram, the, the Cougarza. That sounds about right. DA? Uh, Instagram is Calcium Waste, and Twitter is the same Calcium, but it's a Calcium underscore Waste. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Well, mine, Ooh. you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. It's Idanya Sue. It's I D A N Y A S I U O U X. All right. Closing down, and thank you for listening. Bye, guys. <laughs>